Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I am Andrew Nimsgren, aka Advert the Big Business Hero, and alongside me are Fanfic and Apothecary, aka Dylan Beal. How are you guys feeling today? Good. I know James is dying. I'm dying. But besides yeah. that, having a rough go. I'm doing really good. I think we're taking turns all dying at different times. Like a couple weeks ago, I was dead, and then Andrew was a little sick, and now it's James is just gonna, you know, he's gonna slip away. Uh, on us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna waste away at some point. Yeah, for any, for anybody, our listeners, I apologize if I have a coughing fit in the middle of the podcast. I'll try and mute myself as quickly as possible, but I could be on the floor passed out. Who knows, right? We it's, just it's fix it. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys won't actually have to hear it. We'll just entirely cut out every single word you say this episode. That'll, that'll just be the fix in post. That's the best oh, way should, to do it, honestly. We should do a honestly. bonus episode of where it's just all his coughs. <laughs> all the weird noises all we make that noise. we cut yeah. out normally. That'd be a good one. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the My Hero Academia podcast. But let's just kind of start getting into the rigmarole. No big announcements or anything coming up. We're just kind of on a weekly cycle right now, chugging along. Doesn't seem like there's going to be any mid-season break or anything like that. We got a new OP and ending, which usually would have happened after a break. So it sounds like you're stuck with us each and every week until the uh, ending of this season. Yeah. God forbid, eh? But if, I mean, if you're stuck with us, maybe you should tell a friend. Be stuck together with another person and give us a five-star review on any podcast platform you listen to us on. Even though I'm pretty sure you can only do that on Apple Podcasts. I think it might There's be a couple, but yeah. that's okay. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. That's the important one. Make sure it's that one. That's the big one. Exactly. We, we don't play favorites with podcast platforms, but it, that's our favorite. That's actually our favorite. It's because they well, can Spotify, Spotify too. Yeah, we like we like the ones that we get rated on. We Wait, like can you rate ones. on Spotify? I don't think so. I don't think you can. I don't think it matters. Yeah. James, but, where can they contact us? Guys, if you have any suggestions or feedback, or if you think we ramble too much and you want to let us know, uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let us jump into this week's lecture, lecture which will be on Smoldering for Flames, episode 15 of season 4. And I am just stuttering all day today, but that is okay because this is a great episode with so much to talk about. And it starts off with a shorter version of the overhaul and the League of Villains capture scene from last episode. They pretty much just skipped the whole kind of car chase thing and just went to where they're overlooking overhaul and talking through that. Nothing really new came out of this scene, just kind of refreshing that in everyone's mind as they do make reference to kind of that moving on to obviously be a part of the next upcoming arc. Um, it leads into a new OP that we will be talking about in the class notes section. A lot of cool facts about this. Really love the new opening and ending for this episode, so it's really cool to have that changeover at this point of the season. Um, after the opening, we do go to see Grant Torino and the police going after Kurogiri, who has been spotted multiple times in a nearby woods, and they are just trying to capture him, obviously. He is the Warpgate villain that we've seen so much in the first couple of seasons, and it would be a huge opportunity for them to capture him. They quickly find Kurogiri and do get their hands on him. However, we learn why he is out there. Kurogiri is looking for another of All for One's faithful servants that he helped raise. This is Giga... Giga Tomachia? I don't even know how to say this. It is a long, big name. It is pretty much a giant rock troll-looking guy. He kind of looks like the Attack Titan from Attack on Titan. Would be the best way to do it if you've ever seen that show. He's just a giant guy with rock-like features. Um, right as he appears, he, crush, he crushes the ground and retransitions back to the hospital. 
At the hospital, Aizawa, Recovery Girl, and Deku are in the lobby watching a TV. We learn it's time for all the students to head back to UA. Miri will be staying just a little longer to be monitored, and Eerie is staying at the hospital to be watched over by Aizawa and the doctors as she is still not doing very well. Before he heads back, Deku rushes in to go and talk to Mirio. Mirio, who seems as happy and energetic as ever, literally doing like bicycle workouts like in his bed, um, kind of catches Deku off guard. Mirio admits that he knows he shouldn't be in his current move that everything has happened, losing his quirk, losing his mentor all yesterday, but now he's back smiling as if nothing ever happened. Um, but he really believed in what Night I said about his future and that he wants to smile like Gladys said he should and that one day he'll be the hero that um, he always wanted to be. Um... This kind of got Deku kind of feeling down on himself, kind of like he has been a lot of this first part of the season. Um, Deku felt like he did nothing that fight, that everything he did was reliant on Aizawa and Eerie's power, and that without that, he wouldn't have been able to do anything, even though Mirio was still protecting Eerie after he lost his quirk. Deku asked if he could transfer his power to Mirio if Mirio would take her. Mirio said he wouldn't want it. Even if it was possible to cause trouble with Deku, he doesn't want that either. He believes that Deku is a true hero. Um, he does make a quick mention that I think I mentioned in last week's episode that there is a chance that once Eerie can control her powers that she could reverse Miro back to time when he has his quirk, but they have no idea when and if that'll ever happen. Back at the front of the hospital, we see Kirishima and Deku are about to head back to school, but the police arrive and ask for them to come to the station for paperwork and questioning just about everything that's happened. They're not in trouble, they just want more information. They arrive way back at night and the same thing, um, they arrive at the same time as Sue and Uraraka. As all four of them walk into the dorms together, they are bombarded by all of their classmates, asking questions, lecturing them, giving them cakes, offering tea, and all this other kind of stuff. This is a couple minutes scene. I'm not going to summarize everything that happened here, but everyone is super worried and everyone is super happy that they're back and okay. Um, Todoroki at one point does step out to take a phone call here. We see a flashback to where Uraraka felt that she couldn't do anything more and that she wanted to do more and questioning why couldn't she do anything else. She even had certain eyes in her hands and just felt powerless. Aizawa said that she did everything she could and that the responsibility was on the pro heroes and not on them. But she does ask of what she wants to do. The, um, Uraraka really seems re-energized to save people at this point. Not really understanding what, if this changed much of her character. We'll learn more about that in the rest of this arc. But just a really kind of important moment here. Uraraka originally wanted to be a hero for the money. But now this may kind of be the moment when it changes over to really wanting to be a hero to save people, kind of like Deku. Um, Baku and Todoroki head up to their rooms with the excuses of the provisional Zams being the next day, even though it was very early else early on the night. And soon after, everyone else heads up to their rooms. The students involved seem very sleepless and just thinking through everything that had happened the previous couple of weeks. We see a really cool kind of um, flashback of everything that had happened with Mirio, with the fight scenes, just kind of everything recapping the first half of the season. The next morning, Todoroki and Bakugo head out for the provisional exam. All Might and President Mike will be taking them there as a precaution after the attack by the League of Villains on Overhaul. We see a phone call between Gran Torino and All Might where they captured Kirigiri but took some major damage while doing so. They're not happy with letting Giga with the attack titan getting away, but they really had no choice. I'm going to work on that name between podcasts but right now i'm just butchering it so i'm not even gonna try that hard um and they're still searching for him because he is just a walking storm pretty much taking down anything in his way all might and endeavor run each other at the provisional exam endeavor wants to sit down and talk about um talk to all might todoroki and bakugo run into kami for the first time the real inasa and seji from Sh uh, shitetsu 
Um, and we see the exam proctor from the lesson exam asking if we should make today's training just a little harder. And the episode ends with a brand new ending. I apologize so much for struggling through that entire <laughs> recap. But nonetheless, it was a good episode. I think it was slow. I think there's fun, some fun dynamics and setting up fun things for the rest of the arc, especially with the new opening and ending. But first thoughts overall, before I jump into any specific parts, what did you guys think of the episode? After everything that has happened these last couple of weeks, so much drama, so much emotion, so much action. It's kind of that lull episode setting up for the next arc. Still feeling good about it? Ready for everything? I don't think it was really a lull episode. I mean, a ton of stuff happened. Like, a lot of really cool and interesting things. Like, we got to see old characters we haven't seen in a while. We got to see Gang Orca. Like, that's super hype. And then on top of that, we get to see the class that we haven't been with for most of the season. So I don't even think it was a lull episode. I was, like, really hyped on this episode, actually. Yeah, I guess I wanted to know. I I love this episode, but I'm not saying lull. I I want to just correction for me. Like, I love this episode. Just, like, I didn't cry, and I wasn't like, fuck yeah, beat him up. Like, that, that's yeah, what I meant by Lola. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no high emotionals, but it was really good with a lot of good in it. I just mean lull in sense, like, it was a big, I didn't leave. It was a big, emotions. like, story-building episode. Like, there was, a, like, like Dylan said, there was a lot happening. But, yeah, it wasn't action-packed like we've, like, literally been dealing with for the past, like, what? Like, I think when they actually did, like, that recap thing with, like, with, like, when, like, uh, Deku was kind of thinking back to everything that happened, that was in the span of, like, six episodes like that was a lot like a lot of shit happened all at once right so but i think this is exactly what the show needed it kind of like centralized it like it like stabilizes everybody again with with some definitely with some like you know plot progression and stuff like that um i think we should talk about the the opener though i think we should kind of like since it is at the beginning of the episode i think that should be kind of our first thing to really start on and then kind of go from there I'd like to talk through all that just a little bit on. I think we should go through the episode first instead of getting nitpicky. Not even nitpicky, just really in-depth on the opening. And okay. Let's just kind of get to the big points. But Dylan, I know I cut you off there a little bit. Was there anything else you <laughs> want to finish up on your thoughts of the episode before I cut you off? I apologize. No, I just I really like episodes like this. I think it's really good. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super happy with it. And plus I get to see um, a, lot, a lot of my favorite boys this episode. Mr. Explosion, hands uh, Lord Explosion Death. Or Lord, Lord Explosion Death. A- a- any, any of the adjectives above. <laughs> All right. Um, let's first off start with kind of a big, re- I guess I wouldn't say reveal, but it's definitely a part of the biggest thing setting up for the next arc is going to be what the Grand Torino and Kirigiri is learning that pretty much this is going to be one of the big bads for the remainder of the season, I'm assuming, and that this is... Don't help me with it. Gigantomachia. Yeah, Gigantomachia. Thank you. You're just going to spin the name from here on out. Um, We learn about his introduction and that Kyrgyz was going for him, that this was some wild beast that has explored the lands. Clearly very powerful. He's escaped. What do you guys think about the introduction of him? What do you think about him being the big bad coming up? Just this whole couple of scenes with Gran Torino, the police and all that. What are you feeling about this? So I really like given given some good old predictions you know so here's my prediction for this character it's gonna be a save the city kind of deal like it's because oh, yeah. he's like a disaster villain because like you see like he hit yeah. a little bit and it blew up the mountains so i think it's gonna be like he's walking towards the city and it's gonna be a big disaster and he's gonna destroy the city unless the heroes come in and save it i think that's what's gonna happen um james what are you what are you thinking about this villain i like so I like I'm I'm always a little skeptical with stuff like this because like it's 
it's one of those things that the, there was no real buildup besides this initial episode, and it's, we're so late into the show and stuff like that, that why hasn't this guy been really mentioned at all previously when we have had a lot of scenes for all for one, right? Like, we have had a lot of, like, his character development in the last season. So, it's like, to me, I always write these off as like, oh, this is just kind of convenient that, you know, there's this other disciple that's, you know, an absolute monster that's hiding in the mountains. Um... So I'm always a little like, okay, that's, you know, this might have been, it'd be able to like be wrote in better, but I'm not, I'm not too irked by it or anything like that. Um, I, I mean, I mean, we have 11 episodes left this season and before overhaul became, we like, I know overhaul, overhaul also came in became the big bad. Like out of the, we got one teaser at the end of the previous season and then he was just the big bad for the first 13 episodes. So I, I don't necessarily feel like it need to be that. And he was a backup plan. That's kind of how All for One even said to Kirigiri that if you are ever worried about protecting him, and right. clearly Shigaraki is about to take a bigger step, they need to. And going off Dylan's prediction, this guy is going to show up at the end of the cultural festival. Right when they are doing like a band performance. Oh, yeah, probably. This guy is going to be warp gated in the middle of it, and shit's going to go down, and the whole school's going to work together. But when I'm. Take this fucker down. And I, I, but I when don't I'm. Think he really needs to be like, you know, an overall type character where it's like, he's a villain, but like, yeah. you know, what is his motivations? I, I think no, it's kind he's of. He's just a monster. Yeah, it's fine for them to just be a monster sometimes, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just a villain that comes in. Like, sometimes you just need a guy that. Just is like big and beefy, and it's like shows up and it's like I'm the bad guy today. Yeah, and like again, like I'm not really, I'm not really like shitting on the approach of how they're doing it, right? But like, I mean, it was just like, oh, this is convenient. He's like, you know, hiding in the mountains. Like, oh, this, you know, we like, sh- um, uh, she Hasakai like just got taken out and everything like that, right? So let's introduce this guy very like, you know, conveniently. They're, like with. With uh, with like Kai, there was a fair bit of like build up to him being introduced and stuff like that, right? This guy's just like, oh, by the way, I had this, you know, disciple who's hiding in the mountains and he's literally a cave troll, right? So I mean, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. He's more of a you mountain know, troll, but whatever, you know what I mean. But like, he's a titan. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's my only that's my only bone to pick with it. It's probably super nitpicky. Um, but I mean that's anime though, isn't it? Isn't there always another big bad like? There usually is, but like one? I mean, like, but with this show at least, they've done a really good job with like writing in and building history for these characters before getting well, in. No, like, that's that's not always true because like what, what with about when, well um, with all for one we had a fair bit. With all for one we had we had a fair bit. With stain there was a lot of like there was a lot of like propaganda or not really propaganda, but there was a lot of information like leaking out before the actual stain character where it was kind of you know thrown into the midst right uh she hasakai we got like inklings of him here and there and then you know you kind of got more and more into the organization stuff like that as things went on but with this guy it was literally a flashback for with all for one and that was like how and that, that's it that's well, it but he's that's not but he's not attacking the city yet no like, i know he's not i know he's not. Fair, all those all those characters are ones that have like a little bit more to them um than just being a big bad you know evil guy or whatever but like I mean, look at when they attack the uh, the camp, right? The dude with the big muscles, he just like showed up. We didn't really know anything about him. Yeah, and it for was like, one episode. Yeah, and it was like, oh, it yeah, turns out yeah. this is the guy to really like fight Deku and can stand. To but I mean, like he was th- also, also he turns out that he killed you know the 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 little kid's parents. Like it's it's fine that Coda. sometimes these things just show up and it's stuff. I that agree. Just, it, it they've done it before. It's not like this is a, a new new style that they're taking. I'm not, yeah, you know, like, again, like, the tons of other anime do it and everything like that, where they bring in just, like, these one-off kind of villains because they, you know, they need a protagonist or an antagonist for a bit, right? I'm just saying that, I like, I don't know. 
where they've done such a good job with these other things. And like, I mean, even with even with Muscle, like Muscle was with the with the League of Villains. League of Villains is already like a pre pre like established entity. Yeah, no, like he, he came in. No, that, they recruited all of them. Yeah, he, that was he like that was like, like the that first episode. time working together. He, he came in that. Yeah, like, it, well, so so did so did a bunch of the other ones like Mustard and everything like that, right? Yeah. Like right. James, but, I'm gonna write this down, and I feel like this is a conversation we need to have at the end of the season. That's because right now you're having an issue with how he's brought in the show and that he's just all of a sudden coming in, and we have 11 episodes left. So I feel like after he's defeated, I want to come back and really dive into this topic and see if your complaints are still the same. Because I really think your complaints are going to be gone in five episodes from now. I strongly believe that. And I, I think on top of that, like, so not, not I guess, not to gang up on, on you or anything, James, but um, they did kind of allude at, like, something else going on because, like, before the raid, they were like, where's Gran Torino? And Gran Torino's like, I have other business to take care of. Mm, yeah, that, that's true. Uh, Kiro um, Kirogiri, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't around um, with the League of Villains, so obviously that's like... And a, we don't know what Dobby was doing either. Like, Dobby, they, yeah, they made yeah, reference yeah. to like, oh, you've been the one burning people up all across the city. Like the sand mm. one. So there has yeah. been mentions that there is something that we didn't understand going on. So that could be the same kind of references to the Shihasuki that you're talking about. So I really do think that one of these episodes... We're just gonna get like a flashback episode to everything the League well, of no, Villains. I, I, I don't think there. I zero flashback. I don't think there's gonna be any flashback because like this is it. Like there, it, I, I think this is like the reveal of like what's been going on. Maybe with Dobby, maybe not. But like this yeah, is Do- yeah. This is what's going on right now, and like um, this is the reveal, and it's gonna slowly build up from here because like this is set up. Like having him show up, being like, oh, this is you know, this is uh, this is what Kira Gary was doing here is. You know, this is the setup. This isn't just dropping him in the middle of the city, a villain just. Yeah, for that'd be a, that'd be an issue. I'd be a problem with if they all of a sudden like he appears in the middle of UA and all of a sudden like, oh yeah, he's, this he's is, the this issue. Is disciple, yeah. blah 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 blah. But like, no, like we were introduced to him. He got away. We're looking for him. We know the League of Villains are looking for him. Like in four more episodes, it's all gonna finally click together and shit's gonna go down. Yeah, that's just how I feel. That's fair. But, all right, we spent a good amount of time arguing about that, so let's let's go on to something. I don't know. I we have. I want to jump into probably the whole hospital kind of scene. Pretty much the relationship between Mirio and Deku, and what we see going forward with Mirio. So we talked a little bit about it last week. Mirio's quirkless. He kind of sounds like he's taking a break from UA, but we saw in a trailer that he's going to be back in the school uniform soon. Um, so he'll be coming back soon. Um, what are you guys feeling? I mean, do you think Mirio's thinking the right way? Do you think Deku really should hand over his quirk? Like, well, just a lot of emotion there. Probably the most emotional part and something that we don't really know what's going to happen. What are you feeling about that? I like what they did there because, to me, that scene felt like waving away any any thoughts of, like, um... I, I guess story that we jumped into it with like I, I brought up earlier in this season that like oh this is gonna be really interesting now because like we're gonna have this whole dynamic of like should Deku give it up should Deku not you know can Eerie just like you know turn him back or whatever and it felt like this scene was like listen it's not that simple you know you know the Deku giving up his quirk thing we're not even gonna go into that we're gonna go into new territory which I think is super cool I'm really glad they did that because they set our expectations here of what's to come because like him just going oh Deku like of course if you if, even if you could give it to me um I would never take it or whatever like I I really like that 
because it leaves it open for a whole bunch of new stuff to happen like new conflicts like a new dynamic because like i was thinking about it a little bit and it does feel weird the whole like deku constantly like questioning his power and i feel like we've i don't want to say we've gone to the logical conclusion of it but i think we've gone far enough with it over the past couple of seasons that it's like okay well maybe deku has finally accepted his power so like let's let's go somewhere new with with, with this which i really like i'm glad they're doing this yeah yeah because i mean it's a theme that's kind of been been beaten to the ground um and like i mean for the i'd say the first and even the second season like it's totally like reasonable given like his just his character initially but like now we're at the point where like deku you're kind of like you were just like flying through the air dude you did you did some crazy okay, shit but that, like, that just, is, just that own, is the, a little own bit. the power that you know you kind of have so and like yeah they've they've finally kind of gotten to that and i like i liked mirio's approach to the whole thing i really do because he even said he's like listen night eye was like a hard ass with you but me and him were boys and he like he was happy around me a lot of the time and everything like that so you know yeah i should be phased but i mean like that's not our, that wasn't our relationship right so i mean like i like that they show that like you know it like it shows that it shows the depth of Mirio and Night Eye. So, like, for for a lot of us, the scene of him smiling was very like foreign, and we're like, okay, I don't. Like, this is you know, this is a big thing for Night Eye, right? With Mirio, it was just like it was like a, just another day working with him, right? So, I like I like that. I like that they built that on. So that's good. I I definitely agree that I think Deku's more <laughs> okay with his powers, but I think some of the complaints he had this last episode was like. I like I would not have been able to beat Overhaul by myself. The only reason I was able to do what I had was because Eerie was literally fixing me as I was using my power. I'm still not powerful enough to de- defeat Overhaul by myself. And then even the person that I used to help defeat Overhaul, I couldn't control and save by myself. And Aizawa had to help me there. Like I think that's what he was getting at. Like he recognized that Mirio by himself couldn't beat Overhaul. That Deku by himself could not beat Overhaul. That doesn't make for the great, like, in the anime sense, like, that doesn't make for the great fight if, if Deckard could have just came and beat Overhaul. I agree. Everything was so much better by having Eerie and Aizawa. But, like, in his mind, that does make sense. That by yourself, Muriel, you are better than me. I had to use two other people, and I yes, I'm fine now, but I couldn't have done anything close to what you could have done by yourself. I mean... So, I, I agree with part of what he was saying. I definitely agree that he's getting more into confidence power. I like that they just took out that idea. It's never going to Mirio. He's not giving away his power. Like that idea should be moving on from that. I agree with that. But his thought process there was not bad. That Mirio without a quirk was still doing everything he can to save. And that Deku couldn't have done that without a quirk. I, I don't like I don't think we're I don't think we're saying what he thought was wrong. I think I think it's true. But like what I'm saying is like him saying that is like set up for, for them kind of like waving that idea of him giving it away. Yes. I yeah. agree and I yeah. love that. I'm yeah. glad that's going away and that, that conversation was fun for the first thirteen episodes or whatever, but from like here on out, I just think it's just that not, conversation it's... would get old. And yeah, I'm exactly. Really, I'm right? definitely really excited to see what they do with the possibility of getting Mirio's quirk back because like I think it's super interesting because like they left it open and vague enough where he could just not get it back. Like that could just be a thing yeah. where he doesn't get it back. Cause like maybe, maybe he just starts using some of, um, I forget the class, but the class that does the inventions. Um, maybe oh, the, um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe psychics. Yeah. Maybe he just gets some inventions that help him be a hero. Cause obviously he's still really strong. He's trained a bunch and he kind of yeah. knows the deal. So maybe he goes maybe under Hatsume. It. Him and Hatsume would be such a good team together. Yeah, I like, love may- that. Maybe, maybe that is, 
the conclusion for this of where it goes because like he's gonna be a hero but i like how they they left it open because like we don't know how he's gonna be a hero I, I i'm really interested to see where it goes because like to me if it was just like eerie's eerie's back to normal let's let's just rewind this whole thing and you can go back to normal i think that's that like, would be weird that's boring and i don't think that i i think they recognize that and they're gonna take it to an interesting area I mean, it's kind of, uh, yeah, you, it's, it's kind of like a cop-out, right? Like, if you go right to that, because, like, oh, she can just rewind people, just rewind Mario, and then it's, like, that whole tragic scene never really happened, right? So... Yeah. The only thing that I would be okay with that, like, oh, and, like, if, I think Dylan made reference to this one point. Like, oh, there's a super big fight going on. Eerie is able to control her power just momentarily, but there's going to be some kind of bad repercussions on Mario, but he's getting his quirk back, comes, saves the day, and then maybe he dies or, like, disappears, like, what happens with, like, uh eerie's father and stuff like that like i think that could be a cool arc for mirio it's like hey like you can get your quirk back but eerie still can't control it and we don't know what will happen to you after like i think that could be a cool point to bring him back in without taking away the emotional impact of mirio losing his quirk because then there's still emotional impact on that but unless it's really far down the road like there's a time jump and mirio's just getting his quirk back like 20 years later like that's something but if like Early on in season five, he just randomly gets his quirk back. I feel like I agree that takes away <laughs> so much of this first half of the season. Yeah, it, it just it just def, def, kind of I don't know it just makes that whole thing that whole this whole concerning thing with like you know the case and everything like that and using one of those bullets and stuff like that. It's like it just totally it totally negates it. Right? So I don't think that I don't think it's the way they're gonna go with it. But uh, you know, yeah, I have faith they're doing right. So I guess the last two things is just everyone getting back to the dorms. Anything pop out from everyone getting back to the dorms? It's the first time seeing Class 1A. We saw that kind of moment between Kirishima and uh, Mina where she's like, are you okay? And he said, not yet. I love that now that I understand that whole relationship there. So I love seeing them make reference to that. But anything stand out from you guys from the whole dorm scene or just good to see everyone in Class 1A again? Everyone, some people got some fits. Something yes, Shoji. 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 Every time. Camo? The camo, dude. My boy's dripping. He's always. A He's a streetwear guy. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Shoji's always. Uh, Shoji always knows how to fucking dress, man. Even with that like face thing, he always rocks. He always yep. accessorizes well, man. But no, I like the fact that literally everyone showed up, including Bakugo. Even Bakugo yeah, he was on the couch. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want like like I mean, even when he gets called out, he's like, I don't. He didn't want to admit that he was there because he was concerned. But you know, you worried about Kirishima. Well, exactly, right? He's his boy, right? So he wants he, he wants to be there to make sure you know he's good, right? So I wish you. I hope soon we get like one comment of him just saying like, I'm glad you're okay. Like if if we would have got that, like I think I would have teared up this episode. If as he's like going up, he would have said, Hey, hardhead or something like that or some nickname. I'm glad you didn't die. Or something kind of like that. Like, mm. that would have made me tear up. I'm like, hell yeah, Bakugo. That's a one. Not, it's not a complaint, but that's the one thing. I'm like, that takes this episode up a tier for me. If we just get that one comment between Bakugo and Kirishima. Because I love their relationship. But, well, it's, yeah, it's like super alpha, super bro-y. Like, not, yes. don't really show emotion, right? So, yeah. I uh, yeah, I, I feel like we'll probably get like a one-off comment here somewhere. I it, It's yes. not it's not too out in left field to expect something like that to happen. Um, but, yeah, no. I think I think that whole scene was good. I think there was nothing really, there was nothing. Like, Ida was, you know, you got Ida, Ida being. Ida, yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Uh, Worrying about the bro's mental health. I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly, like, hey, right? They've been through a lot. We should calm down. 
Well, he said, he said, like, he said, like, immediately the second <laughs> later when they said they're fine. Well, because he, he, again, like, he weighed in on their spirit, not so much them physically, right? So yeah. I thought it was a, you know, it was a nice touch there. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think there was I don't really, really have much else for the dorms. Not really, no. It was just like, it was, it was uh, it, the only thing was, I was like, where is, where, like, okay, did, did she take Coda's rabbit as like a comfort measure for her? Or was Coda just not there? Like, no, cause Coda, I didn't. Coda was there cause he had like, Coda was he had a hoodie, he had like the big hoodie on. Okay. He just got no, no screen time, right? Yeah, poor Coda, dude. His bunny got more screen time than him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that was really it for the dorms. It was like, it was a nice touch. I like I liked the I liked the background building on your rock uh, your Like you kind of you kind of weighed in on it earlier, Andrew, where you said basically like she became a hero specifically for money, and it's clearly not staying that anymore. Like you know what I mean? Like you know sh- shit's starting to phase her a lot more. And like I you know what? It's nice that they weighed in on the mental health aspect. They, none of those kids slept. The entire time after this crazy catastrophic event happened, right? None of them, which I thought was really, really good. I thought that was a good thing to weigh in on. Because, like, I find in a lot of anime, especially with, like, you know, younger protagonists and stuff like that, like, uh, like, look at uh, Hunter x Hunter, for example. So much yeah, off. exactly, right? Like, Hunter x Hunter is a prime example. Like, the main character in that show is super young, and literally nothing phases him. Like, there has to be a degree of emotional trauma that goes in at some point. Yes, like, the, sh- the shows are not really comparable because of, like, what they deal with. But, I mean, like, to completely negate the idea that, like, you know, you can be phased long-term by stuff like this, I'm glad that my hero is, like, acknowledging it, being like, this is a real thing that people struggle with, right? So it's nice. It's nice to see them making that, like you know, making that known. But yeah, absolutely. Dylan, anything else you want to touch on in the dorm? <laughs> nope. Then I guess the last little thing would be this last couple of minutes of the episode is going to be setting up for a small provisional exams arc that I've heard so many people love and are so looking forward to. And I think even just the little bit of interactions we got towards the end of the episode is super cool. I am cannot wait. I'm almost as excited to see the conversation between All Might and, and Endeavor as of whatever the trial is going to be. I think that relate that conversation relationship is going to be very strained, but it's going to go in an interesting way. I hope. But also just seeing up Gang Orca again, um, and then yeah, just seeing Anasa and Cami and everyone. I think it's going to be a really fun episode coming up. I mean, not much really happened there. We I got have some no good idea. banter. We got some yeah, really good it's banter. just some good banter. Yeah. Meat, Bakugo just calling him meat. Um, uh, dude, I just, I was just happy to get, uh, see Anasa getting some screen time again, man. I love Anasa so much, and it's just like, it, and they like, and he's just the same, he's the exact same way, dude. He's just over the top, ridiculous. But Scre- he's friendly. He's friendly. He's friendly now. Yeah. It's like Cammy's like hitting on Todoroki, and like Anasa's he's like, just wow, like praising. Your and he's like, are impeccable. Yeah, you're so bold. Like, I love it, dude. It's he's it's just, just like a hype guy. Off yeah, exactly. Side. It's super, super powerful hype, man. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's I think this five-man squad is going to be really fun to interact with because, yeah, Cammy's just hitting on the two of them. Um, Todoroki's Todoroki, and Nasa's Anasa. Bakugo and Seg- uh, Seiji. Saji? Seiji? Seiji, yeah, I think it's Seiji. Seiji's there just to observe, though, isn't he? Isn't that what he said? But he <laughs> failed. Didn't he, he? Yeah, oh, he failed, but he I don't, failed the first round. He failed the first round. So he round. didn't get to do this one here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just a lot. He's just there for the sake of, like, watching. So Just the sake there so Bakugo has somebody else. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, episodes. yeah. Just to add extra pressure to Bakugo, which I don't think will phase him at all. But you know. I find it weird that they didn't make any reference to Kami. 
I think that's something going to have to come up is that, like, yeah, this did. is not the cami that was in no, the... No, they did. Um, it, didn't they say, like, at some point, like... Baco, she, like, she, she wasn't, wasn't the one that was here before. Yeah, they, they did they did touch upon it very briefly. But, like, they didn't touch on the point that she was, like, kidnapped and, like, tied up in, like, an alleyway <laughs> by, by Toga. Toga. Well, by well, Toga, mean, yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, there was a large period of time between when they last saw each other. And that's not something... I guess. That, like... Like that's not something that like I don't know I see uh, I see some people that I haven't really met before and I go hey you know I I got like kidnapped and taken uh, like yeah, months it, ago like that that's just not something that happens I in guess. a conversation that's true because that's true. because like we don't gain we also like I guess from a writing perspective we don't gain anything from it because we know what happened and then we know they acknowledge that like this well is we a don't weird... know what happened like if I had not told you guys about that we didn't know all we know is that Toga had her blood. We didn't know whatever happened to the real Kami up to this point in the anime canon. I spoiled that for you guys through the manga. Mm. Well, I knew before you spoiled us, but yeah. yeah yes, yeah. that's what I mean. But yeah, yeah. like with Kami, that was the only way there we has been anyone no mention out. during the show of whatever happened. Like as far as we know, this could still be Toga in the show. Well, then yeah. don't spoil I, it that makes us. sense. Then don't spoil it for us then. Yeah. Well, don't, don't. okay, that was like years. <laughs> that was like <laughs> it was years ago. Episode ago. <laughs> But, but yeah, never mind. You know what I mean. I'm just saying that I think there'll be some reference to it at some point. I'm curious to see how they address that. I think they're not going to talk about it. I think they're absolutely going to talk about it. We will it. see who's right then, Andrew. All right. Um, With that, um, I don't think there's really too much else during the actual show. I mean, we have the preview and all that talk about a little bit more. But um, anything specifically you guys want to talk about from this episode? Uh, before the openers and closers? Yeah, like, that's just okay. next. Week. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, not really. Oh, I hope we see more of Joke. I hope Joke's there. But, yes, like... Yes, I want, oh, I want Joke. Yeah. I definitely want I don't yeah. think any of her students, like, failed the final exam, though, because, like, only three people, like, failed the final exam. So, wait, Cammy did Cam Cammy didn't even make it to the final round. Yeah, because she, didn't, she can, never showed up, basically. She was never there, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, why I, did the guy that get out in the first round not get to do it but Cammy does. Cammy might be an exception because it's like you know, like unforeseen circumstances. Because she was okay. kidnapped, right? Fair. <laughs> like, like, Fair. But Fair. that uh, might be a question they ask next time. That's yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. That might be setting up for that. But yeah, now that I think about it, though, like I don't think any joke students got to this no, point. They so. didn't fail. Yeah, they didn't fail. So let yeah. me keep my hope. Come on. Yeah, no jokes. jokes <laughs> no, too I good. do. I want joke too. But Izawa's not there. So was, yeah, yeah, Izawa's not there. So it's not gonna be nearly as good. True enough. All right, but with that, let's jump into our class notes of the section, the class notes <laughs> section of the show. My goodness. And this time, we're actually going to have something new to talk about. We had new openers and endings for the first time this season, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, before we jump into actually talking through them, I just want to give you a little bit of information on both the songs. So the op- new opening is called Star Maker by Kanaboon. This group may sound familiar to some anime fans as they did the Naruto Shippuden's OP Silhouette. Which is my personal favorite opening of Naruto. It's everyone. It's the right most iconic. It's the most iconic. No, I think anime. Bluebird is the most iconic. Sil- no, 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 dude. Silhouette. Silhouette. One hundred percent is one of the most iconic. One anime. of the most. I agree. I fucking love it. I listen to it when I go to the gym. Well, everybody, everybody, everybody knows it. Like, even if you don't watch Naruto, even if you don't even know like what opener it's from, 
Everyone knows Silhouette. There's no way they don't. Like, I mean... It has secretly been in my head this entire episode when I learned that right before we started going. And it will not be <laughs> out of my head for, like, another three days now. I love it. It's a great song. It's Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But, like, when I heard this opener, I was like... I like I, I like I like you got the you got the feeling you're like I've heard these guys before you know what I mean like like mm-hmm. I you know it's from somewhere right but then I, when I googled it, I'm like I wanted I googled the artist like instantly I'm like I know these guys from something <laughs> and yep sure enough yeah um okay and then the um ending is called um shout baby by Rico Koshuku Sakai. Good enough. I am not good, good at enough. Japanese. Yeah, good try, it dude. It is close. That it was a solid close. effort. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why you just. You don't. Give me a blurb next time. Just give me the blurb, and then I'll just write, uh, say it. Because you show up like thirty seconds before we start recording, Dylan. <laughs> and, yeah, and I could read I, it on the spot. I know. I apologize, but um, those are the new intros and outros. I have a ton of cameos I want to mention in the ending, but I'll, before oh, yeah. you get to that, yeah. just. Yeah, what do you guys think about the new opening? Obviously, the new opening is teasing the pretty much the remainder of the season. Yep. So, we're provisional arcs right now, and then after that is going to be the Cultural Festival. Well, that's which a is Dylan's prediction of just the 180. Let's forget someone died yesterday <laughs> and just throw a festival where everyone's together, everyone's having fun well, and something no, it's not, ultimately it, is going to happen. It is not for, forgetting. It's like slowly ramping up to it. But yeah, I know. But yeah, I, no, I, I definitely wanted something fun, and I think – the opening was good because, like, the opening is fun. To be fair, I don't think we've had an opening like this before because it's 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 a little weird because this definitely it like, is now a musical anime. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> from it's, that it's opening chaotic. only. It's literally a chaos opening, and I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm like, I'm like, this does not feel like my hero at all. Like, they're showing nothing but music. Kachan yeah. is a drummer, but he also has like. A hot, uh, harmonica? harmonica in his mouth at the end. <laughs> yeah, like when I, I saw I, that, I was like, "That's the most. That's the most like Bakugo th- instrument he could have." Was like a harmonica. So it, yeah, so little like effort yeah. to do anything with it, but he could also just go hard on it. Like, I'm so excited for this. What I really like about this is actually the use of color in it. Like, yeah. like stylistic. Mm, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, it's very beautiful, nice. It's unique. It's very different because like. Obviously, you have the trope of, like, all animes, you know, look exactly the same or where it's just panning shots and, like, transparency. But this is, like, here's something different. Here's something visually very striking. And I'm actually, like, super excited every week to start, like, you know, watching this. Like, like, like to be able to look at the screen and see this because it's, it's really cool. And, no, yeah. And, the, and the, I guess, yeah, the Culture Festival is something that I know so little about. This is, like, one thing I didn't know was coming up or anything like that. It wasn't until I saw, like the trailer for kind of like that arc a couple of days ago that I even knew something like that was happening. So I think this is going to be really cool. Like this is finally getting into the ground like after provisional arc. That's the one thing where I really don't like have anything spoiled for me from like subreddits and all that kind of stuff. So like we're fully approaching new ground for me and I've never heard of anything that's happening. A couple of characters I may know about, but outside of that, like I'm really excited for this arc. I love, I love the sports festival. One of my favorite arcs of all time. You guys weren't super hyped on it, but it was one of my favorite arcs, so I can't wait to talk through that even more and kind of see what happens there. But I guess, and then yeah, with the ending, I don't, I don't love the ending as much. I definitely like the old ending more. It's still a solid song, but I love the cameos. Yeah, like I was, I was what we actually that. see is so much better. The song isn't as good. But, like, the ending looks awesome. I just want to say one thing, because I know you're going to go through all the cameos, but let me get one. I just want to say one of them. Okay. Just regular dad endeavor, non-fire endeavor. 
the non-fire endeavor is so cool i just wanted to bring that up because that's the one thing yep. i really like to be honest well yeah it, it's not yeah it's young endeavor pretty much all the pro heroes we see a lot seeing them all young young all might young mirio young aizawa young present mike we see all of them in pictures we see toga in a class 1a I really hope we dive into that. I hope we get something on that at some point. I did not know she was like a uh, UA dropout. I think that was super cool to see. Um, we see Young Hawks, which is really interesting to me because we have nothing about him. We've only got the one mention of him from um, shit. Um, one of the students going up to... Uh, intern with him a little bit yeah he's going out he's, so he's going to be the intern for him and that's the only little thing and i i think for for anime viewers it it was the one where you don't see anything but like an arm and some feathers and a wing that's that scene yep it's just a little kid's a little kid with wings on his back too so there's coming up a couple references um so yeah that's all good a bunch of oh yeah i just Toga's the one that stand out to me. I saw Endeavor and all that kind of stuff, but it was 100% Toga that I'm like, this is wild because they've never made any reference to that. So outside of that, I guess, was there anything else in the ending you really wanted to talk about? Um, I feel like we can go into an entire show almost on the ending because there's just so much there. But no, I mean, nothing to bring up right now. It's just all fun no, stuff. Yeah. Definitely go through and it. And there'll be more. It. Like Every time we watch it, I'm sure we'll see even, even more. Like I kind of skipped the second time through. Um, but I'm sure there'll be even more cameos and stuff that we just missed or we'll learn more about as this arc goes on. So I can't wait about that. New opening and endings are awesome for different reasons than the previous ones. And I'm really happy. I, I can't wait for these next 11 episodes, whatever. It's sad that we're more than halfway through the season. But I think these next episodes are going to be wild and really something different, which I'm looking forward to. But with that, let us move into our Plus Ultra. I know we're kind of running a little low, long on time. And this was kind of a week where there wasn't much for Plus yeah, Ultra. And I, 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 can make, I can make the argument for like eight people. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Let's hear your argument for one of them. Mirio. Easily Mirio because he was able to take like the huge emotional, emotional loss yeah. that he had and really spin it super well. Because obviously he's still grieving super heavily. Um, but he has a really good outlook on it and going forward. So... I think that was really good. Okay. So that's my point. Mine program. is going to be Cammy, Because this girl walks in and is just instantly hitting on Todoroki. Even after, like, like just, I, I don't, just blatantly like, oh, you're a Dever son, so you're a purebred too. Like, there's, she just has no filter. I appreciate knowing more about Cammy. Just kind of showing in, walking in, asking for a phone number. Anasa looks up to her, like, I didn't really find anyone like I. This is kind of one of the more joke ones. Like I definitely agree with Mirio too. Mirio was a great one. Um, Ida would have been another one, just caring about their mental health, but still worrying and all that kind of stuff, and holding his emotions together, which we don't see very often. But I just, I just appreciated Cammy in this episode. I think it was a fun thing at the end and seeing that really everything that's happened to her, she's not really phased by it, and she's still just kind of being who she is. So I always appreciate that. And with all that's left, is the preview for next week. I think we've already spoiled the entire preview. I think I have by accident. I already talked about the preview for next week. It's going to be win those kids' heart. Bakugo, Todoroki, and the rest of the provisional exam attendees will have to do some kind of trial that has to do with a bunch of kids and gang Orca. What could possibly go wrong? And on top of that, there was one off comment about All Might and Endeavor 
talking about what it be means to be the number one hero. Dylan, any thoughts on it? Nah, it's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think whatever this trial is going to be is really fun. It's going to piss Bakugo the hell off, and we're going to see him yelling at little kids, almost failing again, and then they'll figure it all out and come together as a team, kind of like as we get a quick glance at. But I think it'll be a fun episode. I think it's a short arc for the provisional exams, but I think it's going to be really fun seeing all that set up. But with that, thank you all so much for attending this week's session of Class One, um, 1A. We'll just be continuing the show next week. Nothing new, nothing wild. Just going on with regular episodes for the remaining 11 episodes of the season. And as always, make sure to tell your friends to listen to Class 1A. Check out whatever. Listen, review on the five-star. I'm so sorry. I'm having a rough episode here. Just let people know we're here. We love listening with other people. I, on the other hand, am having a wonderful episode. I'm not messing anything up. I'm saying great things. So make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash pop popped underscore off for all your updates on this podcast other podcasts we do because we'll be coming soon maybe who knows that will be all for this week's class we hope to see you all back here next saturday I'm not